Hello everyone! This is Cat Pride, with me is Chris Bays, Hi. and this is Genesis Avalon Patriot Episode 10, aka like the soft season finale it's, for the UK, it's the side, UK of side of things. This is the season finale for the what we refer to as the B cast. As the B cast, not that they're that they're like lesser, like the they're last, not betas. Not uh, that we care. Spoiler: but. It's the last time you'll see the this side of things. Yes, I mean I think season. I mentioned that in a, in a couple commentaries ago, so I don't feel like it's too much of a surprise. But yeah, okay. yeah. So um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, obviously, we're the stoofers for the show. Me being the, the primary stoofer, Chris being the co-stoofer. I, yeah, I, I stoofed some stuff. You did. This. You did, and um, that's like one reason I'm really excited that, that we're talking about this because like this is one of the episodes where a lot of the lore that I came up this with a lot of lore that you lore have. Heavy it is a very lore heavy episode. I encourage anyone who likes the, the heavy lore aspect of this. In like eight months, when everything comes back, re-listen to this episode like specifically yeah. before you dive back into season two because a lot of stuff gets set up here that I we're not gonna be able to talk too much about just yet because it's it pays Spoilers. off later. But but also we did a lot of uh, world building here um, about about a lot of things. Uh, here. There's a lot of little things slipped into this that are world building. Yes, like. Uh, you know, she just mentioned in her little soliloquy talking about they're talking with the UK government mm -hmm. about what to do about all of these islands and sacred lands that have cropped up into the middle of people's fields. Yeah, and, and we've docks. mentioned it a few times. It's come up over the season. That's part of why Tim was there is yep. because he's asking the United Nations for help with dealing with this kind of territorial dispute. So, yeah. Um, also, thank you to M. Sierra Garcia, who is not in the episode as Carrie, but is giving us a wonderful, uh, fun Bobby, not Bobby Havner, but Bobby Socks, Bobby, Bobby, uh, yes. Bobby Cop. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, one of my favorite bits of stage business is about to happen, because obviously we have the wonderful Aiden Rudd back as Cooper, and, uh, be prepared to hear me just sing Aiden's praises from now until the end of the show, because I just love Aiden so much, but I really love Cooper, um, and getting to write Cooper. But, uh, there's some fun stage business in the back here where they're cleaning up after, uh, Alicia decided in the last episode it would be great to call upon the primordial goddess of nature. Yeah, that's a, a choice. And, yeah, and so... If you, you know, listen, if you listen to the background, you can just hear Cooper walking back and forth in the stereo channels, yes. dropping, dropping off tree off trunks stuff. later. You know, we never talked about this in the original series, but all of the Avalons do call upon these primordial forces and like, yeah. like elements and fire and water oh, yeah. and trees. That stuff is still there sometimes, afterwards. Sometimes, sometimes, yes. If it does not magic itself yes. away. Maybe those people in New York were something that we're onto something about being a little annoyed at Genesis. <laughs> are are you suggesting that, that there should be a Department of Damage Control it in New York? It sounds a bit like Department of Damage <laughs> Control is needed here. I mean, I mean, I will say that that yes, uh, especially here, this is a good example of how how you know what they did on its face wasn't truly damaging. You know, she brought all of the vines, these trees up. To, sh to create a barrier, yeah. and then she lowered them back down. But the joke here is that, like, she knocked over, like, 15 trees these are, like, that are, like, trees, like, r slash tree law would be going nuts right now. They would be so mad. Um, Very important yeah. trees. But, yes, I think that is, it's a good point, because, yeah, I mean, a lot of what Avalon would do was, like, attack a demon, and it would, like, 
explode yeah. or ash away. A lot of them ashed away, so it really wasn't that big a deal. And you but like, when you get into things like, <laughs> Bridget, give me fire, and she's like flaming, flaming across on. a gymnasium, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, and you know that that ash has got to be toxic, right? <laughs> Probably. I can't <gasps> imagine. That's it. it. All of the negativity in the U.S. is just people inhaling <laughs> all that demon ash from all those years that ago. That is not canon. More- that is fanon, folks. This is not fake canon. news. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're getting a very nice recap here. Yes, um, um, but also it's also it's also Alicia's opportunity to take a breather and talk to Olivia because yes, we've had them going back and not. forth. Yeah. Um, and uh, also Alicia gets to explain <laughs> explaining to Alicia that a primordial sea god who looks like an old man took an interest in her <laughs> and, yeah like in my mind and what it old, says on the tin old man is like a sean connery circa 1985 i mean for those of you who are watching the last of us right now like literally like pedro pascal in, yeah. the, in the 20 years later sequences yeah. we're not talking like super old man that's why there's a joke about him being the guy on the box of fish sticks yeah, like he like, like looks like the Gordon's looks, fisherman, but not like perpetually forty-five to fifty-five, which for Alicia is an old man. Look, December-May relationships are a fun thing in fan fiction. Hey. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that's where this is going. I'm just saying if if Olivia is concerned, you know there is there is Possibly factual evidence out there for a reason. Yeah, Concernicus. Yes. Also, I do like that Alicia is taking the initiative here because we've been we've been establishing that, you know, we started the season out with Jack and Alicia both being. And for those of you who don't know, there was originally a whole nother episode that was kind of like an episode zero. Yes, there was. That we actually ended up cutting because it was like a just like an episode of world building and recapping and establishing where people are. And we realized it would be more fun to do it throughout the show. To kind of give you where things are. And also um, because Tilly very rightly pointed out that nothing important happened in the episode. No. Um, it was 100% yeah. a recap. It was where, faffing about the where episode. Where have they been? What have they been yeah. up to the episode? Yeah. But one of the things that was really nice in that episode that we have had to thread through this is that both Jack and Alicia, for different reasons, feel like they are, one, ill-placed yeah. where they are, and two, don't know what their world is going to be because every other Avalon before them has been the only Avalon typically because they've inherited the mantle. And here's the first time where you've got the apprentices being taught yeah. by the elder mentors, but also Jane is off faffing about in the U S so like, there's a lot of faffing it, about it, my vocabulary today, guys. I'm so sorry. Lords. Everybody's faffing everywhere. Everyone's faffing everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's the age old problem. Of being like a late teen, early a-, a young adult, where you're super eager to have responsibilities and be treated like a grown up, yes. but at the same time have no idea what the hell you oh, are. Oh, for sure, yeah. I thought you were joking. You're not just gonna go find this the thousand year old god. <laughs> yeah, you trust that god that has. To that he's guy be your you met that one time, that one time. And showed you a magic trick, and now you trust him. Look, oh, no. look, look. She used to never travel where there are street magicians. <laughs> it's a good thing she doesn't live in New York anymore. No, no. And she teleported. Uh, also, you know, she's a, she's an Avalon. They have good instincts, but yes. But Olivia's like, I don't understand that. What do you mean, instincts? I lost all of those when I stopped being a wolf. <laughs> 
Poor Jack. Poor Jack. Also, I gotta give I gotta give Jalen props. He did a great job in this episode of having to play Jack in various states of lucid and not lucid. Yes. Because something is very obviously going on. We we heard it uh, in the last ep- in episode eight when we heard Maeve tell him off, and it yep. sounded just mm, chest kiss amazing. Um, but uh, but he's he does a great job making it work here. <laughs> oh, poor Tim. He's worried. I do love the idea that, like, Tim's so busy that Cooper just, like, sent a text that was like, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? How are you? And then, like, the and then, like tag, tonight. like, I-K-Y-I-K-Y. Uh, K-Y. You yeah. know, like, if you know, you know. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Everybody gets to hear that on on the thing right now. Hopefully they didn't. Um, if you did, Robin is okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's just old and working. But, uh, yeah, Tim's definitely acting strange. And I I mean, I can't wait till we get to the end of the episode because like, we know what well, happens, yeah. obviously. I mean, well, presumably, hope, presumably the you do. Knows as well oh my gosh. I, yeah, broken record. But if you haven't listened to the episode, stop what you're doing right now. Go back and listen. And then come back. Um, also, we're going to be talking a lot during this episode. And I don't know how much of it's actually going to be relevant to any of the things that you might have questions about. But the good news is... Jordan keeps bothering me for an interview with us for TWIP. So if you have questions about Patriot season one or season two, it's easier to answer the ones about season one because that's already out and I don't have to worry about spoilers. But uh, start prepping those and sending yeah. those off to Jordan because he's going to keep a list. If, if, if there's not questions, then I'm going to be like, yeah, it's a show. You should listen to it. <laughs> this is why we can't leave good. Chris. This is why we can't leave Chris alone. Like with a microphone, because then it's just like 15 minutes of rambling. That's half of that's half of Merlin's lines. You realize I don't actually write a script for Chris. Chris just starts talking. No, you don't. I write the script for Merlin. It's <laughs> true. You say and Merlin says something here, and then you give me it's the script, like, and I'm like, okay, I'll fill in. It's this like line, the it's, this it's the Robert Downey Jr. method. It's the it's the uh, get general this general idea. gist out. It's mumblecore, but uh, which which for those of you who don't know what mumblecore is, it's an awesome genre of horror of any horror but anyway um it is that's what it is though mm, Maeve's talking so I've gotten distracted she really did nail this a- yeah Ayla's just also Tim just like completely discounting I Jack know, here is me. so painful it hurts me so bad yeah. And Chris does a great job of playing it so casual because because I was a little worried that it would like come off like really heavy handed when we wrote it. But that, that clearly but, he wasn't ready for this. It's like hurts me. Yeah, inside. but like he does such a great job of like really coming off like he's just signing papers and working on speech notes and barely paying attention to the yeah. conversation. And that's painful. Yes, but yeah. So things are getting way worse. Way worse, and and ever and the the good news is the guys are starting to feel it. Like Jack yeah. and Gabe are starting to recognize Gabe that something's really wrong. And Gabe to is and Gabe has kind of had suspicions the last couple of episodes, which is his job. He's supposed to be like the most noble and like you know the the uh, the one that uh, no, he's Galahad. So yeah, and then next up for those of you who were worried. About the fate of our uh, 
of uh, of yes. our of our folks. Uh, no welcome need. to the realm of the Fae. No need to be worried. I mean, be worried. Be worried. Always be worried. Be very worried. Be very worried. This is not good. But uh, but yeah, well, Roxy can see again. I mean, yeah, That's Roxy nice. can see again. That's nice. Um, but uh, I hate the Fae. <laughs> I'm really hate the Um. I love the way you read that. Um, but yeah, uh, to, to the to the listener who was like, you didn't have to do Nat that dirty. You're right. I didn't, but I did. And congrats. She's not 100% gone. She's at least in the episode speaking. So yeah. you got something, right? So. But yeah, so. And this was, this was a lot of fun. Um, we're not done explaining this. I've got no. a little more to kind of um, there, it's, it's, to it's fill so, it out. Like, mm, like I don't even want to talk too much in this bit because this bit is so like it's the start. It is like of a scene. So, so we've been doing this thing where you know you our our our, our U.S. side of things very front loaded with action, very front loaded yes. with a lot of forward momentum plot. You know, because we're they're they're trying to get to Sam. There is a there is a serious time limit, um, but uh, but you know here with the UK it's been this slow build. Yeah. And this is the moment where the 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 coaster has hit the top of the hill, um, and the question is, it's you know it's like Alpengeist if you've ever ridden that or like any of the really good like high hat coasters that like stop and pitch you over and just go look at the ground. Yeah. Do you see the ground? Shikra. Goodbye. <laughs> it's that moment. Your, your dive coasters that pause. At yeah, the top. that's where we are right now. And the question is, what are you going to see when you get done? But uh, uh, yeah, I also liked um, this was a nice touch. This was not originally in the outline, but I did like the idea of the moment Merlin, who is a per, who is a a wielder of fey magic, but not a fey not himself, a fey himself. Uh, because he was cursed by the fey, um, is actually able to level <laughs> out while in the fey realm. Yes, it was such a good line. Read. Thank you. <laughs> to my own there you go. You I should. really like that read. But yeah, and uh, I did, I did like it how we got them here and obviously like like i said there's more to explain of it in next season kind of like but but you know it is kind of what it said on the tin um but it's interesting oh my god our cat i'm so sorry to everybody who might get triggered by like cat horking noises it's not your cat it's my cat horking unless it is your cat you should probably turn around and check out your cat make sure they're not like horking on your bed anyway um what was i talking about <laughs> about merlin and his magic not just that though Oh, well, I was going to talk a little bit about this and about the fact that, like, Nat says yeah, they are. we are dead. And then I got to do this awesome set of uh, sound effects. And welcome to Ralph Scott, to the cast, so as Win Up good. My God. Um, Unexpected, like, just bam, uh, out of, bolt out of the blue. We knew, like, and, and I think it helped that, like, we knew we wanted, like, kind of like a tenor slash, like, maybe, like, high baritone voice. We wanted someone who didn't sound immediately threatening. Yeah. What I was not expecting, and this is the highest of compliments, was basically Robert England. Like, it sounds like, what if Robert England was going to play a Celtic god? Yeah. It's really awesome. But, um, 
<laughs> Which I actually think was like one of our per, like notes to ourselves. To ourselves, yes. Was we wanted someone who I sounded. I don't remember if we actually put no, that in the casting. No, it was, it was not. It was not. That's why I was so surprised. Yeah. Um, but we wanted someone who was wheeling and dealing and oily without being too oily. Like you know, Winnipeg isn't someone that you would typically associate as being a bad guy. Yeah. But. Like many of the Fae, they're only on their own side. So the question is, why is Winnipeg so interested in what they're doing? Yeah. And how is that going to relate to what's happening in the rest of the, the UK, which, uh, which is interesting. Also, I had a lot of fun with this. So one of the things that we did not immediately like figure out when we first started it was we didn't, weren't sure what we were going to do with Winnipeg. We just knew... Uh, Winnipeg is one of the gods associated with the wild hunt, which, um, <laughs> thank you, Merlin. Um, but, uh, but, but we'll get into it more next season about what Winnipeg stands for and means, because this is obviously just our introduction for the character. But I really did like that we really hammered home the idea of the wild hunt is the coming of winter. Yeah. So Winnipeg is essentially an ice god. And I had a lot of fun doing the sound bed for this. So from a director perspective, it was lots of fun. And I really loved it. See? <laughs> Having fun. Also, uh, I did love uh, Alicia just coming out there with the... Uh, Alicia Lee Matheson coming out there with the like super like badass Nat voice. Because yeah. Nat's such a normally like a passive like, character. Sweet, kind like, of yeah. innocent. I love it. <laughs> I just remember how the scene ends. That way. <laughs> it's one of my favorite ways to end a scene with your character. Well, fuck. Yep. Yep. But. And then we go into this. And we're back at the sea. Yay! Yay. I do like that, that what we've been doing the whole season is Alicia's been figuring out how to learn how to teleport, and now she can officially do it correctly. She can do it on, on purpose. On purpose. This was an ad lib. All I had him say was all I had him say was was take that back or I'll go right back in the sea. And then Adam just started going and I was like, well, I guess. Adam that's has going. a couple of really great ad libs. Oh yeah. I mean no, correction. Adam has a lot of great ad libs. I can only fit and a this few of them in the episode. Yeah, in this particular scene, a few very good ones yes, made it in. Yes. Hey old man. I also really liked the way that Alicia, uh, or the way that Sarah read that line for Alicia, because like I don't think that's quite how the line was written, but it, it works way better. Yeah. This is one of my favorite lines because it's a lore drop. But for those of you who who don't know a whole lot about uh, Manana McLear, uh, he does. He has a giant ship called the Wave Sweeper, and it's supposed to be like able to traverse everywhere and between the realms and. Uh, controls the tides. And I just loved the idea of him being able to use it to lash to the realms and to help steady the, the oceans, which I just, again, this character's so cool. And Alicia seeing a, a very, like, narrow 
perspective of him because she's perceiving him as a mortal does. And also, it's really kind of the first time in the series, in the previous series, we've had, like, a god oh, absolutely. hanging out on the rag. Yes, absolutely. The closest we had before then was the lady, and that wasn't really a god hanging out on the rag. That yeah. was the lady possessing Natalie at, at times and having a symbiotic yeah. relationship with her. Um, and we knew, we knew going in that this was a major plot point we were going to be doing, that we were always going to have... Uh, Max show up because yeah. it's important that he takes a side. Um, but I just love their their chemistry and I, it's really cool though getting to show like yeah gods act like normal people and then all of a sudden they talk about their their giant vessel that you can't see off the coast that apparently changes the tide. That's normal. That's a thing people say. It is normal for him. Yes. I'm just so happy I got to use the word Haberin in an actual, like, script. script. You want me to do something? Okay, well, maybe I'm not asking as your supplicant. I also love this. I don't, I feel like, I feel like I don't need to, like, explain it, because she's, like, literally saying it, and we've talked about it before, but I do love that, um, you know, it's, Alicia's not, none of them are used to having gods as patrons and yeah. active participants in their lives. And it really does matter that Alicia comes at it from a perspective of being a friend. Yes. Being an ally. Which is something the gods don't get. No, they don't. Fine. Let me see what you've got. But he clearly is quite, you know, quite amused by it. There was a rave. It's <laughs> that gay herpes. Gay herpes. And then they suddenly just... The enthraller must have gotten distracted. Which is important information, you guys. I cannot tell you which realm, which one of the isles this stuff hails from. Stuff. <laughs> but I can tell you it's not too far from the Tuatha de Danann. And it certainly is beyond the veil between worlds. You know, this is one of those things. So, okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to say it because we've been talking about it all week. So, we've been, I've been playing God of War Ragnarok finally. Yep. And I just so cannot get over how much Adam's uh, portrayal of Mac gives me, like, the best vibes of Mimir from God of War Ragnarok. And uh, I just love it because what will happen is I'll be playing God of War Ragnarok and then I'll giggle because I'll think that Adam's talking. So that's a compliment to you, Adam. It is true. I frequently forget that there's someone else playing Mimir and it's not you. <laughs> okay, that's a that's complete another, that's wonderful ad right there. The, the addition line yes. that was an ad lib. <laughs> fine. Fine. And his fine, fine, fine. <laughs> so clean. Also one of my favorite lore things. Again, I'm just... Alicia has no idea. And Alicia has no idea how lucky she is. Like, okay, for for some context, when when Jaina was in Asara's training studio, there were artifacts of various kinds there. There were holy relics. That's why Jaina had position of the invisible sword of the Morrigan. Yeah. It was literally sitting in... Uh, in a studio, Alicia grabbed it and handed it off to Jaina before her final fight. Hmm, the, this the second time this character has yeah. handled relics. It's almost like maybe that's something Alicia's very attuned to. But um, 
It is not. It, we've talked a lot about relics and holy holy relics because there's a lot of that in Celtic mythology. Uh, I mean, all world there's religions, but but especially a lot of Celtic mythologies. Like, and then this thing went missing. <laughs> but it was this thing that this god used. Um, and I I quite enjoyed getting to drop that and drop the fact that like she's just getting gifted a relic, and Olivia spent who knows how many decades taking those out of the yeah. hands of mortals. Yeah. And how, how long did Asara hoard relics or previous Avalons hang on to relics for use in battles? And Alicia just gets one handed to her. Yep. A really important one. A like really a important really one. Really important really one. important one. Holy crap. Like, m- major component of Manon's, uh, uh, you know, mythology is around him using his cloak to disguise himself. Yeah. Meanwhile, Olivia's like, could you just take, like, one chill pill? Maybe two, but at least the one, please. No, he cannot. He's Maeve worried. took all of his chill pills. <laughs> Maeve took them all. <laughs> by the way, doing static over a staticky line is really hard, by the way. Yeah. This was not fun. <laughs> I, I would... Director me was really mad at writer me. Let's put it that way. Which you're gonna hear me say that like five or six times in the next two episodes because oh, I did that a lot during eleven and twelve. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of me going. Damn it! Why did I make that director me's problem? She she complained a lot while mixing the next. Yeah, of yeah. This is a. Uh, Oh boy. They think it was orchestrated. AstroTurfed. Fighting the Mollocks. I appreciate that you used AstroTurfed in an actual scene. Um, I mean, that is the term. I know, you never hear people use it. Stop stirring things up here. Mmm. We can't let them do that to us. How sure are they? What evidence do they have? Oh no. The magic whammy. Yeah, that, that, I don't know, I don't know how clear it is because sometimes it gets lost in the sauce. But, I mean, it was uh, also in the last episode that she did it on Jack. Yeah, but she's not just magic whammying him here. The papers fluttering are her oh, yeah. manufacturing, manufacturing evidence in evidence. front of him. And I, I feel the need to say that here because by the time you guys get to next season, you might forget that that was there. So I guess he's going to have him where he's like, I have this evidence. And then he's like, ooh, he's got that evidence. And then somebody's going to see him like, Tim, this is a receipt to Denny's. Yes. Something like that. This is a Nando's Nando's menu. Yes. I'm so proud of myself. Sorry, I gave myself goosebumps the yeah, first time I did that uh, music too. I just got goosebumps on my skin. Ah, so yeah, so uh, yes, yet Tim just declared war, or he didn't declare war, but he's now stated his 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 intention to declare war. If, if, it's a good thing it's not such a I declare war. And yeah. War is on. We'd be. Fought. <laughs> 
I think the only place it works like that is Russia. I think so. No, they just call them. Oh, I'm gonna say oh, that. Oh, that's I'm a, a little too. Topical. I'm gonna stay okay. away from topical anyway, conversations. Thank you for joining us for this wonderful episode of Genesis Avalon Patriot. We're glad that you were here with us, and we treasure every single one of you. <laughs> and if you liked this, and you listened, and you wanna like let us know, um, turnips is the word of the month. Turnips is the word of the month. So turnips. they can put that in the Discord or just like tweet two, that at turnips us. Turnips with like two exclamation points. There you go. Turnips. All right. Bye. Bye.